Welcome to Tenant Talk, a show for small business owners to find inspiration and exchange ideas around growing and operating a small business. When everybody's familiar with the business plan, um, but many don't make it an actual active plan. We explore challenges all businesses face, from hiring your first employee, to leasing your first space, to scaling your business through marketing and sales, and everything in between. A plan needs to be updated periodically. It shouldn't just be a static document. You'll find it here on Tenant Talk. Hi, welcome to Tenant Talk. I'm Bill Singer. Thank you so much for joining us. Throughout these series of shows, we've been really focusing on things that are important to small businesses. Joining me today is Christina May. Christina, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me back, Bill. Absolutely. And when we jump right into today's topic, it's one that is so important for small businesses um, in terms of their growth, in terms of their focus, in terms of just their roadmap of how to get somewhere. And you can probably guess it's talking about plans, right? Various types of plans. Yes. So when everybody's familiar with the business plan, um, but many don't make it an actual active plan beyond just the beginning stages. So I'm excited today to dive into business plans and what's a business plan versus a growth plan versus a marketing plan. Why do we need all these plans and how to actually make them actionable for your business? So when you joined Kenwood, it actually was the result of a plan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it's a great story. I'm happy to share that with you and our audience. So at the time, I was working on my master's degree in real estate at Johns Hopkins University. And one of the requirements to graduate was to, um, to do a thesis, actually. And when I spoke to my advisor uh, and we talked about different ideas, ultimately, we came up with the idea of my preparing a business plan for a startup real estate entity uh, that invested in real estate, that managed real estate, and utilized maybe a little bit of my money, but primarily used other people's money. And I was tasked with write a business plan for that structure. Um, how I did that was kind of interesting. I interviewed a variety of different real estate companies, talked about, uh, or asked them what, 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 how was their strategy set up? What were they focused on? How were they raising money? How were they charging fees? Um, what were some of the expenses that they were incurring? Um, how they went about finding properties? Um, all the things that um, were specific to what I was focused on, but, but from a general perspective, really, that anybody putting a business plan would focus on. How am I going to find customers? How am I going to generate revenue? What are my expenses going to be? Um, what does my profit end up looking like? And how do I project growth? All of those uh, things that are so critical to a plan. Ultimately, um, the company that I went to work with said, um, you know, this plan that you've put together is pretty awesome and uh, is a great strategy and we want to hire you, we want to bring you in as a partner and basically go implement your plan. Uh, and we've been successfully doing that for more than 20 years now. So plans work, uh, they are important, uh, and they're something that every small business should focus on. Absolutely. When I started Illuminate, uh, it took me nine months to transition from working for someone else to working for myself. And everyone has a different barometer of comfort level. 
So whereas you took your plan um, and implemented that plan into an existing entity, my business plan was starting totally from scratch. But same idea, you need to make sure that there's an audience out there, that there's a need that you're fulfilling, that the numbers work. And that business plan has never really gone up on a shelf and collected dust. It's been an active experiment ever since. So I think the interesting thing about business plans, and I think the way that you need to reframe a business plan is how does it become an active document in your organization, not necessarily just the document you write when you start. Now, if you're going for outside funding, it's different. If you're looking to get funding from a bank or from an investor, obviously you're putting together a very comprehensive business plan. It has a lot of research, it has a lot of projections, it has a lot of numbers in place because the goal is to obtain funding. If you're actively working with a business plan though and you're acting on it, that 40,000 foot view is fantastic to have as a roadmap but you actually need to put it into practice. And I think that's really where most people stumble. They write the business plan and then they put it on the shelf. So, so really what you're saying then is that a plan needs to be updated periodically. It shouldn't just be a static document when circumstances changes, when things uh, in the environment, the economy, something else changes, you should modify that plan. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. So. We take a look at it instead of calling it a business plan, calling calling it back and calling it more of a growth plan. So at every stage of your business, you're growing in some way, shape, or form, and you may have the ultimate vision of what the business plan looks like. So you have your mission, and you have your vision, you understand who your customers are, and there are actually micro plans that fold up into that business plan that become really your roadmap. And one of those is your growth plan. How are you going to grow? Not 10 years from now, uh, 20 years from now, or even five years from now, how are you going to make that happen in the next three, six, nine, 12, 18 months? That really becomes the active plan that you're working on, or maybe you might want to refer to it more as a strategy, as a growth strategy for the year. So depending on where you are in your business, you're looking at it from a growth perspective and it has different components. So you're taking a look at the marketing of your company. You're taking a look at if you're product-based or even if you're service-based, you know, the R&D around that. And is there any room for growth in those services, whether it's more customers or are you looking for more, you know, a way to expand that service or product? Or are you actually looking for a brand new top line revenue opportunity that's adjacent to your core services or your core product? That should be in that active plan. And when you break those down, we like to use the um, OKR method. So it's objectives and key results. It is, there's a wonderful book called Measure What Matters. I know you love books, Bill, um, but it's called Measure What Matters. It's by John Doerr and he has a, a website dedicated to it as well. And the OKR model is really take, talks about really taking all of those things, but setting actual real goals but what are those real goals are measurable, they're very specific, um, they're realistic, they're time bound, all those things. But then you have key results that you must hit in order to achieve that goal. And when you break it down in that way, it actually becomes an action plan that is a strategy is actually achievable. And the nice thing about I like about key results is they're yes or no questions. You either did or you didn't do it. 
So there's no way that you can kind of half fudge it. Well, I kind of sort of did this. Right. We generated, you know, $500,000 of revenue, but really your key result was generating $800,000 of new revenue. Well, then the answer to that would just be flat no. Would, um, would an example of the OKR method, is it only kind of related to business development or could you, you utilize that for a whole variety of things within your business? You can use that even in your personal life. Really? So, How? Yeah. So even let's say that you have an OKR to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So you have a goal weight. Well, then there's obviously some key results that you have to hit in order to achieve that goal. So that might mean I have to work out four times a week. I have to eat a certain number of calories. I, you know, need to take care of myself. I, whatever that looks like for you. You either do or do not work out four days a week. You either do or do not eat within a calorie limit, etc. which is going to, those key results are going to lead to you achieving that goal. So if you can take your business plan, think about it from a growth perspective and really break it back down into those OKRs, it becomes very manageable for your company or even in your personal life to start making actionable uh, success towards achieving that goal and or you know the saying you can't eat the elephant in the day it's kind of the same idea you just it's that consistency that comes into play Christina I imagine there are a lot of other plans that small businesses need to consider as well uh, depending on what phase of growth they're in how large they are things like that what are what are examples of that well, selfishly, I'm going to mention the marketing plan. Um, but I would actually look at marketing sales and customer communication all as more of a customer-centric plan that you put together. It's not just a marketing plan. So that's where a lot of people focus on the marketing plan. They're really focusing on how do I attract more leads? How do I convert more leads? How do I turn those leads into sales? It's very, very single-minded focus on the marketing plan, whereas marketing plan really has three phases in it. That phase that we just described is just the first part. It is not the entire marketing plan. So marketing plan needs to look at, obviously it is measurement bound. It's, we're contributing to sales usually in a marketing plan. But the other thing that you need to take a look at is how do I look at the other forces in the cycle in order to create a more, I would say, frictionless experience. So how, what are my marketing activities? What do the numbers look like? So that might mean we need to grow our, you know, community of people by X. So we're just going to say a thousand. Let's make easy math. We need to attract a thousand more people into our community. Of that 1,000, we know that 300 of them will fall into our ideal customer profile. Of those 300, we know that you know 100 of those will actually be transferred to sales because they're actually we're in a space where we can help them and the timing is right. And then of that 100, you know our sales team, we need to take a look at how are they going to then break that down? How many of those are actually going to turn into sales? And everybody's sales different as process is different. So it would be the key things that happen in that. So whether that's phone calls or how many emails or how many meetings or how many proposals or everybody's different, but there's a funnel there. But then after that leaves, what communication plan do you have in place with your customers? Then continue the conversation to continue nurturing them, which leads to 
positive reviews, testimonials, referrals, maybe even expanding the amount of business that they do with you. That's all covered in the quote unquote marketing plan. Let's explore something a little bit further that you brought up that I think our audience would like to understand a little bit better because probably most people think about marketing, a marketing plan as, um, you know, pretty binary in a way in that either I got a sale or I didn't get a sale. It's, it's a binary result. But um, there are, there's software out there, there are programs right now that can help you measure um, engagement, can help you measure analytics, things that, um, that uh, many, just a few years ago you weren't even able to do because you didn't know how long somebody spent on your website. And now that could become a potential customer just because they were engaged with your website uh, and you'd have a lead um, just based on that. So explain that in more detail for our audience, please. Absolutely. So the technology that's out there, it's wonderful in that it's becoming more and more accessible to the small business owner. Whereas it used to really, the software was really enterprise companies only. And by enterprise, I'm talking about you have, you know, thousand employees, multiple locations, national brand, etc. You have a lot of budget. You can afford these very sophisticated systems. What's happened is they've become very accessible and you can really start to understand the digital footprint that your customers leave and measure the amount of engagement that they have with you. And by engagement, that might be They've reacted to a post that you had online. They opened an email that you sent them. They went to your website. They read an article. They subscribed to your newsletter. There's all sorts of things. They watched a video. We can track all of that information. And you know, and if they allow that tracking, most of the tracking though that is cookie based, it has more to do with advertising and less to do with what I'm talking about, which is more inbound marketing and communication. So you can really start to gauge the level of interest someone has by the amount of time that they're basically spending with your digital doorstep. It's almost like making them a qualified lead yes. without, um, without having a traditional way of doing it because it's the amount of time that they've spent looking at something that you've produced, right? right. Exactly. So when marketing and sales teams work together, marketing's job is to really nurture that conversation to the point that they get sales ready. And sales can take a look at the entire, basically the entire life cycle that's happened up to the point that they start to actually actively have the conversation. There's so much happening before your sales team actually has an active, engaged conversation with the potential customer now. They're 80 to 90% through the marketing um, decision and the decision-making process by the time they're talking. So by the time they've come to the salesperson, they're so informed, they have very specific questions, they're highly engaged, they're highly educated. It's making sales job a lot easier to surface those mm -hmm. leads. But you can also, with that data, be pro proactive in reaching out to them and also be respectful in not reaching out to those that aren't ready to talk to you yet. So yes, the technology makes that a lot simpler. That's awesome. One thing I'd like to um, segue into in terms of other things that are important for a small business is um, the importance of cash flow and projecting cash flow and understanding that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well, please? Sure. So cash is important. 
profit is important, revenue is important. All these plans only work based on that. So even if you're a nonprofit, you need to raise enough funds to drive your mission. There are going to be costs involved. So when you are putting these plans together, yes, if it's for an investor or for a lender, you're going to be doing a lot of projections and providing a lot of statements that go with the plan. But when you're, we're talking a more active plan, you need to understand what those numbers are that you need to be watching. I like to talk about it almost as like a, a digital dashboard or an owner's dashboard. You know, you're getting into the cockpit of, you know, this vehicle that is your business. And you need to know what dials and levers, and what levels they need to be at and what you need to be watching. And one of those is cash. You need to understand how to leverage debt. You need to understand how cash flow affects your plan. So when you're putting something together and let's say that that requires you to hire, you know, two, three, five, ten people, you need to have the cash flow to support that new salary load that you're bringing in and expenses into the business. You need to manage cash in addition to just the projections themselves and know what those real mile markers are. She might know that I have to reach a certain number of sales. And when we do, that enables us to hire these individuals. Right. This is an example. So you're almost talking about, um, with those examples, almost like thinking about every decision that you're making, what's the return on the investment, right? right. You gotta have the cash available to make that investment, whether that's in an employee or a new piece of equipment or some new technology, and then evaluate kind of what's the payback for that investment. You want to make sure you have the cash to make it, but when then am I going to get a return? Is it in six months, 12 months, 24 months? All that is important. And, and having cash available for a rainy day, I think, is also really important for every small business to consider. There's certain things that are going to happen um, that are extraneous to your business, but ultimately affect it, and you want to have some extra cash available um, because you never know what opportunity might arise. And that actually reminds me of a really interesting story of a business associate that we had. They, um, this took place in the late 1970s. Uh, it was an individual who owned a warehouse building in Palo Alto, California. He was just starting out, didn't have a ton of cash, um, and an opportunity rose up where these two guys, they were named Steve, were in a, in a new business called Computers, and they were coming out of a, of a garage, and they needed warehouse space. But like many small businesses, they also had cash issues. Uh, they were concerned about their ability to pay rent, and uh, they offered my business associate some future potential stock if he would accept that in lieu of cash for rent. Unfortunately, he didn't have sufficient cash to pay the mortgage to take these individuals up on that. Um, and these two guys named Steve eventually started Apple Computer. Missed opportunity right there. Absolutely, missed opportunity. So any other ideas on plans that people should consider for their small business? Um, well, really to kind of wrap it up, plans that you really need to consider, you need to have a business plan and you need to make it an active plan. So even if it, you're creating your business plan for a, someone else, for a landlord, for a bank, you know, for an investor, you need to make it actionable and you do that by putting together a customer-centric marketing plan that goes over leads, sales, and how you nurture existing customers. And you also put together a growth plan. 
so that it really tracks where you're going. Whether you're still staying, you're not even adding new services or new products, but you know where your company is growing and that growth plan really drives you forward. Those are the three that I would focus on. Got it. And if somebody in our audience was still having some issues kind of figuring out kind of what the next step is. Um, are, there, are there examples of these types of plans? Do you think if they did a search on the internet, you oh, could find things like this? You can find, you can you Google business plan and you almost get too much. Um, but really when you're taking a look at these, uh, it's uh, ask your audience. So if this is a business plan that's going to someone, a bank, a landlord, et cetera, Take the time, pick up the phone, ask them exactly what they're looking for because everybody's looking for something different um, and be specific about it. And then when it comes to you more your internal plans, obviously your marketing agency or marketing partner is going to help you with the growth plan and is also going to help you with the marketing plan. And then that you also would want to bring in your internal employees and figure out, you know, what are those three, four key metrics that we need to achieve and use that OKR model to really break it into something that's actionable and measurable and you can hold accountability to. Wow, Christina, that's some terrific information. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. You know, throughout every one of these episodes, we've really tried to offer to every small business owner actionable items, things that you could watch in one of these episodes and turn around and very quickly implement in your own business. We hope that you have found that um, important and valuable. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can leave us comments uh, right below. There's also a Kenwood community that you can join and continue the conversation. So thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and the other episodes that are part of this series. Christina, thank you so much for being here again. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you again on Tenant Talk.